a large part of it is to find a job where you have a, a chance to show yourself. Um, one thing that most employers are looking for, but they have a hard time asking, is do you have drive? Drive, you see it every day. Um, someone who works at Walmart who runs out and gets the carts when it's raining outside without being asked. Um, a waitress who covers somebody else's table uh, when they know that the other waitress is not doing well. That's drive. And if you can show that you have that self-confidence drive and the ability to solve problems, you're in great shape, no matter your disability. Life doesn't always turn out the way we want it to. Millions of people get seriously injured or ill every year, putting their lives on halt. This may cause some of you to lose your jobs, your health, and more importantly, your sense of purpose. I believe that no matter how hopeless and helpless you might feel right now, God still has a purpose for you. This show was created to help you find that purpose to inspire you to not give up and to find ways to find fulfillment and make your life meaningful. It does not matter how dim your past or present looks like. As long as you are breathing, you can always find the way to say, my future is alive. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Christine Waters and I hope you enjoy this show. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I know this year brought a lot to be sorrowful about, but there's always something to be thankful for. I, for one, am thankful for you that's listening or watching on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcast, wherever you are listening. I'm hopeful that you are getting encouragement from this show. I'm also thankful that despite all the pandemic and chaos our country and world is going through, I'm still working, thankfully. I am a worship leader, for those of you who don't know, that is my primary occupation, and it's a blessing. It's such a blessing to lead a team and lead people into worship. I also teach piano or keyboard online. And then also I'm thankful that in God, there is always hope to be found. What about you? What are you thankful for? Would you care to share it on social media? Hashtag, my future is alive. I will do the same today. All right, our guest for this special day of giving thanks is George Valentine. He has 25 years experience helping individuals find their uniqueness and land jobs that will highlight their strengths and capabilities. His experience includes working with disabled individuals. He's also an author and has written a series of books called The Job Hunting Toolkit, which breaks away from the cookie cutter way of job hunting. Rather, he helps you find and capitalize your capabilities that employers look for whether you're disabled or not. Let's welcome George Valentine. Well, hi, George. Thanks so much for joining me in this episode. No problem, Chris. Sure. And I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of background. Tell us 
what your experience is with working with people, how you got started in doing that. What's your story? Oh, thank you. Um, a long time ago, back when I had hair, <laughs> I used to run a community residence for disabled folks, uh, folks with uh, mental retardation, develop other developmental disabilities. And I noticed that there was a real sadness about that they wanted more of a purpose, mm -hmm. that they wanted that other people had jobs and man, that would really be nice if they could. I spent the next few years working with other populations, folks with severe mental illness, uh, uh, long-term unemployment. And I noticed that a lot of the services that were out there for folks looking for work were cookie cutter and really didn't give people the opportunity to fit themselves in, especially people working, you know, who have real challenges mm -hmm. in life or in job hunting. Um, I've put together some, um, some unique ways of looking at things, unique things that are easy to grasp and easy to work with, um, and spend about 25 years as an employment counselor with a broad variety of people. I even ran an employment lab uh, for folks with substance abuse issues back in Syracuse and had a great time with that. I was like a kid in a candy store. Wow, <laughs> it must have been interesting. It was a lot of fun. And, and we were able to get a lot of people employment who hadn't worked in five, 10, 15 years. That's an amazing thing for them to do. It must have changed their life, right? I think so. The main thing is to change their perspective on things. You are the world's authority on yourself. And you have to present that to other people, strangers who don't know you, who, who wouldn't know you until that day when you walk into the room and you have to be comfortable in yourself and comfortable that you are the world's authority on Christina Tupe. Right. Yeah. And so you have this years of experience of studying and working with people, finding jobs. And I, I noted that you mentioned that you love helping disabled people reach their dreams. And so I was curious, what are the first few questions you ask them when they come to you? How do they identify what their strengths are? You know what I mean? It's, it's funny. Um, instead of the traditional questions that you're asked, I usually say, what is something that while you're doing it, you lose all track of time? Mm -hmm. Something that you're passionate about, something that you really connect with. Um, and to try to move in that direction. Um, because if it's something, it could be something as basic as reading mystery novels. But hey, that says something about you. Um, working on cars, that says something about you. A lot of times, um, I'll draw a, a cross where uh, most folks are either very interested in working with people or things, processes, or a finished product. If you like working on cars, you like working with things and a finished product. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. I'm a counselor, so I like working with people and process. Okay. And from those two things, what you're passionate about and where you fit on that grid, um, 
I usually am able to have a good understanding of where the person is and where they want to go. Okay. So what question would you ask them to help them identify that in themselves? So what's the, can you give us like a specific question that you would ask? Okay. Um, let's see. I had a, uh, a sheet I used to call the passion questionnaire that asked when you were growing up, what did you want to be? Okay. Um, Again, the question about what what do you do when you lose all track of time? Um, really, um, that gives me an understanding of the direction that the person wants to go, that, that little cross diagram I was telling you about. Okay. And also, what's in your way? Um, and by asking that question, I get two things. Mm-hmm. Get the specifics of what's in the way, and two, I get to see if their eyes rolled back to the back of their head, like, ah, oh, I've got all these things that are in the way. I'll never make it. Then I, then that's the time when we get to work. So what's the process that you walk them through then when that happens? Oh, okay. Um, I try to find, when I ran that uh, employment lab back in Syracuse, uh, we had the success comes in cans, not in cannots book, where we talked about all the things I cannot work because I'm too old, I'm too fat, I don't have an education, I don't have a driver's license, all the different things that were in the way. Mm-hmm. And then we would find the community resource that would help them toward that. Um, for example, um, here in Oswego County, if you don't have a GED, there's a program where they will, a correspondence program that BOCES has, where you can earn your GED right at your kitchen table. Um, and from there, and once you've earned your GED, employers look at that differently than a high school diploma because you went out and got it. Mm-hmm. That integrity, that shows drive. Right, right. Let me see. So that's one thing that I normally do. I I try to show that there's nothing that between um, they would raise the questions that are in the way. And we would say, okay, if you believe that you cannot do it, you're right. You can't. Mm -hmm. Can I'll help you get there. So basically the idea of if there's a will, there is a way, right? Um, Yes, but you have to believe that. there was um, there was a woman who grew up uh, who was raising her kids by herself back during the depression. And um, she used to make uh, soap in her bathtub. Mm-hmm. She would sell it door to door. Her name was Mary Kay and she created Mary Kay Cosmetics, one of the largest cosmetic firms in the world. Mm-hmm. He asked her one time what advice she would give to people. And she said, those who can, can, and those who cannot are right. As long as you believe you cannot, you're right. You cannot. That's it's all perspective. That's really wise. Yes, a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. Your mindset kind of changes what you believe, right, and what you can do. Mm-hmm. Cool. Have you had individuals that you've seen how you've helped them find a job that they love and that they've enjoyed, and you've I'm not sure that you even see them after that, but is there an example of a story or a few stories that you can tell us? Sure. 
Uh, let me see. Um, I worked with a fellow. It was really interesting. Um, he'd been in state prison for a number of years and mm -hmm. there's trying to find his first job out. And of course, felons have a terrible time finding work. Uh, so we talked about it. And one of the things that he had to do while he was there was um, to make uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinners for the other inmates. So I got to talking to him about it. And we fashioned a resume that talked about how he served hundreds of people uh, in a very structured environment. Mm -hmm. uh, we let me see that that he was able to improvise as need be because what the heck sometimes he got his ingredients and sometimes he didn't right and i talked with him further about what else he's done and he used to make dinners for his mom who is elderly and uh, disabled and he knew a lot about you know different sauces and different things like that because although it was a requirement at the time when he was in prison it became something that he really enjoyed and lost track of time while he did. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, he landed a prep chef job uh, at a local restaurant in the Syracuse area and took off from there. Uh, last I heard, he's working as a chef at a um, at a restaurant there. Wow. Um, I've worked with other folks who years ago I worked with a another single mom mm -hmm. and she. Uh, she had so many different responsibilities. She was one of the first people that I've met who was in that sandwich generation where you take care of an elderly person and your children. And um, I noticed that her kids were going to Head Start. So I asked her if she wouldn't mind asking if she could be on the board of Head Start. And initially she's, holy cow, George, you want me to do that? I can't volunteer. I'm too busy. I said, eh, give it a try. What happened was she got onto the board and when she talked, people listened and she had ideas about how to put together the Christmas party for the kids and they listened. And little by little, she got to understand that she was an intelligent person, that people wanted to hear what she had to say. And as time went by, she got her CNA and then her LPN and became a registered nurse. I think that even when, when the weight of the world is pressing down on you, if you believe you can make it, you can make it. You just Certainly. have to. Yeah. yeah, you just had to believe, definitely. What about disabled people? Any experience with them? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, let me see. I've worked with so many folks, and a lot of the jobs that I was able to get them initially were uh, lower level, you know, or warehouse work, um, restaurant work, that sort of thing. Um, it was the first step in. I worked with a lot of people who have had mental health issues, severe mental health issues, mm -hmm. um, substance abuse issues, uh, folks who had physical disabilities as well, you know, working. A large part of it is to find a job where you have a, a chance to show yourself. Um, one thing that most employers are looking for, but they have a hard time asking, is do you have drive? Drive, you see it every day. Um, someone who works at Walmart who runs out and gets the carts when it's raining outside without being asked. 
um, a waitress who covers somebody else's table uh, when they know that the other waitress is not doing well. That's drive. And if you can show that you have that self-confidence drive and the ability to solve problems, you're in great shape, no matter your disability. So you get them in the door of the workforce and then eventually they get into better jobs? Yes. They, uh, it, a lot of times all you have to do, it, it helps out with two different people. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, it helps out with uh, the employer seeing you. And two, it helps you see yourself differently in the mirror. When you catch that first paycheck, and you know that it was your time and your sweat and your hard work that earned that money, you look at your life a little bit differently. Starts building your confidence, right? And you're like, oh, I can do something. And now maybe I can do this too. And this other thing, right? Yeah. And I I talk a lot about volunteering Mm -hmm. because uh, it's, I, I call it the norm effect. Uh, not normative, because that's a $5 word that us counselor types use all the time. Um, if you ever saw the TV show Cheers, where Norm walks into the bar and everyone says, Norm, how you doing? How you been? How was the weekend? That's what I'm looking for. If you have that opportunity to walk into a place and people suddenly don't look at you as a disabled person, they look at you as part of the team. They ask you, how was the weekend? And how's, you know, how's that ankle? You, you twisted it last week and, you know, that sort of thing. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? All of a sudden, you're not that disabled person or that person with a substance abuse problem. You're just norm. That reminds me, I grew up with a guy at my church who had a cleft lip. Yeah. And so when he talked, when you first meet him, it's a little bit awkward because you like can't understand what he's saying. But once you get to know him more, because he doesn't focus on his disability, but just does what he does and, you know, does the relationship that he has. And I noticed like after years of knowing him, I don't even think about his, it's not really a disability, but it, you know, it, it's, affects his speech but when you get to know somebody their handicap does not matter because you get to know the person inside of them and that's and that's really um that's really one of the things that is gets lost in a lot of employment counseling um is that idea that you have that you're the world's authority on you number one and number two that you have, that you can express that in a way, best way I can put it to you is uh, that you, if you can express it in a way where you have a period at the end of the sentence, Mm -hmm. if you walk into an employer and you say, yeah, I can do that. Uh, I've got five years experience doing that. Uh, Or I I volunteer at a soup kitchen. I can, you know, I, I work well with people. Instead, if you can say, I work in a soup kitchen, I work well with people and end the sentence with a period that makes all the difference in the way they initially will consider you. And they'll look right past the disability. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, because, you know, if you're doubting yourself, 
then that makes them or that gives them more reason to doubt you. Exactly. Or or that gives them that much more time to think, well, maybe that person does have a disability. Maybe that person isn't quite up to the job. Mm-hmm. Right. So I love the quote you, you have on your Facebook. You said most of the good in the world is done by people too tired or hurting or disabled to do it, but they do it anyway. I, I picked that quote up back in high school. I wish I remembered who'd first said it, <laughs> um, but it, it helped me through my uh, teen years and it's helped me through a lot of other times when um, I, I seem to be going up against big odds, but I do it anyway. It's it's a bit spiritual too. That's True, I like. yeah. I mean, in the Bible, God used a lot of weak people in the eyes of those around them. They could have been weak, but still they were able to do great things. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could talk about, you said before the interview started, we, we talked a little bit about the book. Is it, you said books? Oh, yes. I've, Multiple uh, books, okay. I wound up going along spiritually here. I, I uh, wanted to write a book that um, talked about the spirituality of job hunting mm-hmm. because it's such a lonesome place to be. When you're looking for work and you know what the and uh, you try hard not to already know what the person's going to say, you try hard not to put all of the refusal letters as wallpaper on your bedroom wall. Um, the the best way I can put it is, uh, I asked I tried to find someone to publish it because I wanted to talk about the spirituality of you know, believing that there is something greater than yourself out there, to believe that there is a higher power that was going to see you through. And each time I send it out to someone, they'd write back saying, that's a great book, except for this one chapter. <laughs> so I, I was able to find a, a place through, MS, through Amazon uh, where I was able to get it published. And that led to about four or five other books that talk about uh, different things you can do for job hunting, um, little exercises you can do uh, at any stage of the job hunt. Mm-hmm. And also a program that I call the hero method that really gets at how a person facing challenges can believe in themselves and can move forward. So what's in the job hunting toolkit? What are, what are the main tools that you give us? Oh, it's, it's terrific. It's about 60 different uh, ideas. Uh, that range from uh, one of the things that I really love to do. uh, uh, I've done a number of videos on this. If you want to look up job hunting toolkit and want a good laugh uh, on YouTube, you could find some of those old ones. Um, I got to borrow my grandson's stuffed dog and I put it up here um, next to me. And I said, how are you different from this stuffed dog? What can you do that he can't? Mm-hmm. And you'll make up a list of 20 things and then stop and make another list of 20 things. You, you can use a remote control for your television. You can tie your own shoes. You can uh, recite a poem. That gets That is in the basics of believing that you're smart. Um, one thing I, one video I do is, um, let me see, is I talk about, uh, Babe Ruth, 
uh, George Herman Ruth, Babe Ruth, uh, was the greatest home run hitter of his time, but he was also the greatest striker outer of his time. And he could have kept a picture in his in his mind of him hitting one of those iconic home runs where he just stands there and watches as the ball goes over the the uh, out the outfield fence and the crowd is cheering. Or he could keep in his mind dragging that back back to the dugout with the crowd yelling, "You're a bum! You're over, you're so overrated!" But he believed instead in that picture of hitting that home run, and that's it. Everyone has hit home runs. Everyone has had that time when they did something special. They did something that they didn't think that they could do, but they did it anyway. And if you can keep that in mind, that home run that you know how to hit, you can put up with the strikeouts. One thing to always keep in mind is that someone else has solved this problem before you. Someone has, um, with the same disability that you have, has made it through. And you just have to have faith and belief in yourself and belief that somewhere out there is someone smart enough to hire you. Right. Definitely. Do you have any words for, of advice for our listeners? I would say that employers are looking for uh, four things. Um, do you have the heart for the job? Can you understand the point of view of the, empl- of the customer? Um, do you have an understanding of the point of view of your, your coworkers? Do you have the energy for the job? And by that, I mean, can you work just as hard at nine o'clock in the morning as five o'clock at night? Do you have the, um, can you, the ability to relearn things and learn how they do things at that employer? And finally, do you, can you own the job that you do? Can you take the, um, constructive criticism of another person and learn from it and gain from it. If you can do those four things, um, you're going to be okay. Um, you, that really helps you believe in yourself a bit better. A short story. And then, I'll, uh, then I'll answer your question. Then I'll finish answering your question. I worked with this one fella who had played a, on a high school football team up in the North country and his team had lost all 34 games that he'd ever played in, lost them badly. And he said, how am I ever going to land a job? You know, I, I have this severe addiction. I, the only thing I've ever done is play football for a losing team. And I said, you have the heart for the, for the work. You, you know what your coworkers want you to do and you do it. You have the energy for the job. You've played in the snow in, in November and December. you you know how to solve that. You have, you've been able to relearn things. Different situations call for different things in a football game. And you own the work you do. If your coach sees you doing something wrong and he tells you, you correct it. I said, you have all the ingredients to land whatever job that you have the heart to go after. Look at it that way. Those four items and you'll be all right. Um, the only other thing I can think of is uh, what's in my high school yearbook. No, crea- no true creation was ever lost to one whose spirits were rightly tuned. Norman Rockwell wrote that for one of his books. If your heart's in the right place and you go after something and you believe that your creator is behind you, it will never be lost. That's awesome. Yes. It's great advice. And so 
how can people get a hold of your books? Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I would go on to, it's on a place called Create Space. Um, I have never hawked my books. Uh, this is an interesting setup. Uh, I would just look under uh, the Job Hunting Toolkit or um, the Hero Method uh, by George Valentine. Um, I think that it's, uh, you can either find it by Googling it or going onto Amazon and looking for books with those names. Uh, they're cheap, really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, but George. Good. I, I recommend them highly. I recommend them too. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you answering my questions and queries. Here are three takeaways from my conversation with George. Number one, employers can look past your disability if you present yourself with confidence. Number two, you can find capabilities you may not realize you have. And number three, those who think they can and those who think they can't are both usually right. By the way, you can find George Valentine's Job Hunting Toolkit on Amazon. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe and give the show a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. If you follow me, I will follow you. My handle is Christine W. Music. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-W Music. And for free music, go to christinewaters.com forward slash free. Have a great Thanksgiving.